Hey there, Guten Morgen. Just looking at the headlines and another pastor accused of molesting a teen when a teen. Okay, uh, visibly confused. Diaper Don makes stunning admission in latest Iowa speech. Why is he so into Iowa these days? This is where we've been waging an all-out war in American democracy. <laughs> that was Donald <laughs> Trump saying that he is trying to destroy our democracy. Fact check true. <laughs> I'm Ben Marcellus from the Minus Touch Network. You know, the funny thing is when Donald Trump walked on stage, he was bragging that he had no notes. And he was saying that President Biden couldn't give a speech without any notes. <laughs> but then it's gaff after gaff while he's giving his teleprompter a death stare right there in two speeches in Iowa before very small, unenthusiastic crowds. I want to contrast that at the end of this video to my interview with President Biden. And I think you'll just see how starkly different these individuals are. So first, let me show you Donald Trump in Iowa. Then let me show you a portion of my interview with President Biden in Pueblo, Colorado. Here, Donald Trump says that uh, one of the key issues for him, dishwashers, you know, they spread the conspiracies that Democrats are trying to take away your dishwashers because they don't have any actual things to run on other than hate and division. Here, play this clip. Well, it's okay if you want to go about five miles away from your house, but get back quick. They don't go far. They want to talk about your dishwashers and how much water you're going to have in your dishwasher, even though they don't work. And all of the other things that you have that were so precious and dear and that you never really appreciated until now because they want to take them away. You're heating and cooling in your house. They want to change it. They want to change everything. These people are sick. Next clip, Donald Trump is saying that President Biden gave a speech before a pink and red background and that that is somehow very sinister. Play this clip. Biden and his radical left allies like to pose as defenders of democracy. You see, he was standing up there not so long ago with the pink and red background. That looked a little bit sinister. I don't know if he knew what the hell he was doing up there, but he was up there spewing the words that somebody wrote for him. What? Next clip I want to show you, Donald Trump says that even his opponents say that he did a really good job. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. You did a horrible job. Play the clip. You elected an outsider as your president, and it was about America first. We want to put our country first. They haven't done that in a long time, but we did it for four years, and that's why we did so well. That's why it was one of the great presidencies, they say. Even the opponents sometimes say that he did very well. I have to say, take it back, they scream. His people say, take it back. And then Donald Trump told the crowd at his traveling fascist circus that if Jesus and God came down, that and were the scorekeepers that would make him win California and New York, and he should win California and New York. New York, play the clip. That base, we have to go out and earn it. And like in 2016, we just ran the whole East Coast of the country, and that made up for California, which I actually believe that if they didn't have rigged elections out there, if they didn't have all the paper ballots, you know, they send out like 36 million ballots 
And nobody knows where the hell they're going to or coming from. I think a few people know where they're going to. And a few people know where they're coming from. But I think if you had a real election and Jesus came down and God came down and said, I'm going to be the scorekeeper here, I think it would win there. I think it would win in Illinois. And I think it would win in New York, which is all places in theory. Next up, Donald Trump uh, gives a racist attack on uh, Detroit, Philadelphia, and he goes some of these places, and he says that you need to guard the vote in cities that have large black populations. Here, play this clip. Evidence we have so, and everybody knows it, and they know it. You know, the one thing they don't want to talk about is the election. They don't want to talk because they're guilty as hell. They cheated like hell. They know it. And you'll never find out all the ways, but we don't need all the ways because, you know, it was, I think, 22,000 votes separated it. And we have millions and millions of votes. It's a very sad thing. So the most important part of what's coming up is to guard the vote. And you should go into Detroit and you should go into Philadelphia and you should go into some of these places, Atlanta, and you should go into some of these places. And we got to watch those votes when they come in when they're being, you know, uh, shoved around in wheelbarrows and dumped on the floor and everyone's saying, what's going on? We're like a third world nation, a third world nation, and we can't let it happen. And then in the next breath, Donald Trump says that he got a BLM endorsement and Donald Trump uh, saying that there's a co-founder of BLM endorsement. It's not true. BLM disavowed its one guy uh, and said that he has not had anything to do with their organization for a long time, was not a founder. But look, at the end of the day, Donald Trump's the type of person who goes into a non-union shop and says he's in a union shop. He, he just lies about everything that he does. And is this the same group that he says is like Antifa, terrorists? I mean, he said the most horrific. There, there, there's no consistency about anything he says. It's all hate and vanity. If you praise him, then he likes you. If you say, sir, he goes, they called me sir. Otherwise, it's pure hate. Here, play this clip. Did you see where a very respected representative of Black Lives Matter, New England territory, right? New England. Uh, endorsed Trump, he said. Then Donald Trump, uh, while he was there, gave an interview with a group called Moms for America. I guess not to be confused with Moms for Liberty, the organization whose co-founder, along with the chair of the Florida Republican Party, were involved in threesomes with an individual who's now accusing them of sexual abuse and there's a criminal investigation taking place, um, and Moms of Liberty then supports that. Uh, they're, they're found, I, it's hard to even keep track here. Play this clip when Donald Trump's asked by this group, um, where do you get your faith from? And Donald Trump says his poll numbers. Play the clip. How do you do this? How, where do you draw your strength from? We're talking about faith. Where do you, how do you do this every day? How do you get up and fight for every single one of us? It's probably the biggest question I get. The second biggest would be, they're not going to be allowed to do it again. Okay, you know what that means. Okay, that's number two. But number one is, how do you do it? One of the reasons is that I have the highest poll numbers people have virtually ever seen. You're beating these people by 60 points and we're beating Biden by a lot. 
Next up, Donald Trump uh, attacks the governor of Iowa, Kim Reynolds, and he says that he's the reason that she got elected. Donald Trump's been attacking Governor Reynolds because she endorsed Ron DeSantis. Play the clip. That difficult. This state is not that difficult. And it's a great state with great people. But she became the uh, governor, and then she called me. She had a big problem. She was running against a very wealthy man, I believe a farmer, handsome man, they said, handsome, good-looking, wealthy, had everything, a uh, Democrat, and he was way up in the polls, and he was going to win. And I came in, I did a big rally, I did a big endorsement of her, I fought like hell, and she ended up winning, right? And then the second time was much easier, but uh, I also kept you in the position of first. You were first in the nation, which I didn't have to do. So I did all these things, and then I spoke to Kim uh, about, you know, four or five months ago, whatever, and uh, she said, I'd like to remain neutral. I said, You'd like to, I'd like to remain neutral, too. I didn't have to come here and do rallies for you. And she said, what do you mean? Well, because we're first in the nation, I'd like to remain neutral. I said, I'm the one that kept you first in the nation. She said, well, it's, you know, because of that, though, I'd like to remain neutral. I'd like to be able to go and really uh, politic and work with all of the candidates. I said, all of the candidates are running against me. That doesn't sound like so good. And it wasn't a quid pro quo, as they used to say in impeachment hoax number one, which there were none except with them. They had the quid pro quo. They're the ones that cheated. We didn't cheat at all. But, you know, she said, uh, I think I'd like to be able to campaign with everybody. I said, so you're actually telling me that you want to be able to campaign with everybody because you're first in the nation. I'm the one that made you first in the nation. Uh, this one's a doozy. Donald Trump says that he had a deal with President Xi to get rid of fentanyl. They, they had the deal that they were going to do it. But you see, Donald Trump says because he didn't get elected, the deal fell apart. And then Donald Trump somehow connects that to a deranged conspiracy about the 2020 election from 2000 mules. Play this clip. Right through. The drugs are higher than ever before. We had them way down. And I had a deal with President Xi of China. They were going to criminalize uh, fentanyl. If you make fentanyl and you get caught, they're going to criminalize it. And you know what their penalty is if you get caught with drugs? Death penalty for drug dealers and for drug makers. And they were going to criminalize it. It was all done. And then we had the result of this ridiculous election where they used COVID to cheat and other things, too. You don't even have to go into ballot stuffing, the 2,000 mules and all of that. You don't have to. And by the way, the 2,000 mules, hundreds of thousands, millions of ballots we're talking about. We're not talking about, we're talking about millions and millions. As I just watched it, this guy is such a clown. The guy just, I mean, just lies about every single thing. It's really absolutely pathetic. You said you had infrastructure. You had infrastructure done. It's going to come in two weeks. You said you had a health care plan done. You said that was going to come in two weeks. You said you were going to replace Obamacare. You had a better plan. Two weeks away. That never happened. There's Everything you say is a complete and utter lie. Just an utter con man. Oh, and here Donald Trump says that Jimmy Carter must be really, really happy right now. His wife just passed away. What are you talking about? Play the clip. In, uh, and I have to tell you, Jimmy Carter, as you know, uh, our first lady went to the funeral of Rosalind Carter. It was a beautiful event, by the way. And everybody was very nice, uh, really nice. But uh, Jimmy Carter is uh, in his 
latter years, 99, in his latter years, he's got to be a happy man because his administration was brilliant compared to what we have now. All right. That's Trump. Let me show you a clip from my interview now with President Biden. And Biden said, don't compare me to the almighty, compare me to the alternative. So you saw the alternative there. You saw Donald Trump saying that he's here to destroy democracy. Fact check, true. Let me show you my interview with President Biden. And one thing I want to mention as well, the full interview that I did with President Biden is in our YouTube feed. Just scroll down. I'll even throw a link in the description right here as well to make it easier. Let me show you a portion of it so you can compare. Play the clip. So the Midas Touch supporters, the people who watch our network, call themselves the Midas Mighty. We here at the Midas Touch Network say that we're unapologetically pro-democracy. What's your message to the Midas Mighty out there and those watching right now who fear for our democracy and who just care about our democracy? You know, I made a speech in Independence Hall saying that our democracy is at risk. And even the press said, what are you talking about? Well, guess what? The vast majority of American people thought it was, too. The idea that you have a former president who may be the nominee saying that he thinks he should be able to essentially walk away from the Constitution. He should be, I mean, the things you're saying are just off the wall. And it's, uh, we better step up. I taught at the University of Pennsylvania for four years, and I also taught uh, at a law school. And uh, the idea that democracy is inevitable is just not true. It's under siege. And we have to put a stamp of democracy on everything we do. As Biden says, don't compare me to the almighty, compare me to the alternative, folks. Tell me how you feel in the comments about the alternatives. I'm Ben Micellis. This is the Midas Touch Network. Have a great day. Hit subscribe. Let's get to 2 million subscribers, folks. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram. She don't Midas need Touch. no Instagram. She just uses Instagram. But consider exclamation point. <clears throat> He is a war hawk. He is bombing Syria right now.
We can do better. Okay, so I said... Sit Ben. I appreciate you and thank you for your service to America, protecting and saving our democracy. But keep in mind that the primaries are supposed to be open. Aren't they? Biden is doing a fair job. And yes, he is infinitely preferable to the to the alternative. But consider supporting and raising up a moderate woman presidential candidate like myself, Biden, is a war hawk. Always has been. And he is bombing Syria right now as we speak for oil. We can do a lot better than that. stuff for press what a tweet that Ben Rysellis. Yeah, he's just <clears throat> waging an all-out uh, war on democracy. That's very... Go on to uh, see what else is going on. Mind touch. Um, Diaper Don makes a stunning confession to Admiral Lardo in late night speech. Thanks for a third of a million, even though it's just law enforcement. Thank you very much for being here. But we have, uh, you know, they wanted to use the place, so they said, Jeanine, how did this happen? How did this happen? This place is Poor Lardo. We love everything you stand for. Very, very special. And we don't let people use Mar-a-Lago very much. And because, uh, you know, as you know, we hold very, very important documents. That was Donald <laughs> Trump on Friday night at an event hosted at Mar-a-Lago with a large group of people. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Hey. You heard Donald Trump essentially confess, saying that, they don't let lots of people into Mar-a-Lago because, quote, we hold very important documents here. 
that would be entirely illegal, improper, if you still held classified documents there. That is nothing short of, of a confession. Imagine if an email or a text message was found with uh, an investigative reporter that was a message from Trump to someone that said, quote, we still hold very important documents here. That would be a massive story. But what, because Donald Trump says it, legacy media ignores it, not here on the Midas Touch Network. I recall back in May when Donald Trump gave that so-called town hall with CNN's Caitlin Collins, where Donald Trump said that he does not have any more classified documents in his possession. Yeah, right. In the next breath, he falsely <clears throat> claims that if he did, they would automatically become disqualified, uh, declassified, because he has the power to do whatever it is that he wants to do. Just by thinking about declassifying documents, he could declassify them. Watch this clip. They I have a question for you, though, when it comes to documents. Do you still have any classified documents in your possession? You ready? Do you? You're ready. No, no I don't have anything. I have no classified documents. And by the way, they become automatically declassified when I took them. Magical why, thinking. Let me ask you a question. Why is it that Biden had nine boxes in Chinatown? Chinatown. And he gets a lot of money from China. Why China. Is that? And there why, is no why aren't that, people... Mr. President, no, you, no, you cannot... Why aren't people no putting evidence of that, Mr. And President? And why did they put this what guy, Jack Smith, that is through all this and he has? Why did they put him in charge of that? I need to stop you right there, because there's no evidence of what you just said there. What you're referring to there is an office that he had no, no, after leaving the, the vice presidency. And from that so-called CNN town hall back in May... Here, Donald Trump says, in terms of taking the classified documents, quote, I took what I took. Play the clip. Why did you take those documents with you when you left the White House? I have every right to under the Presidential Records Act. You have the Presidential Records Act. I was there and I took what I took and it gets declassified. Uh, Biden, on the other hand, he has 1,850 boxes. He had boxes sent to Chinatown, Chinatown, where they don't speak Chinatown. English about Chinatown we're talking about. Can I, I, I got to stop you right there. Nobody talks about because... him. They talk about us. Uh, just so you understand, I had every right to do it. I didn't make a secret of it. You know, the boxes were stationed outside of the White House. People were taking pictures of the GSA and the various I people. I got to stop you right there, though, because moving. the Presidential Records Act, which is not well known to a lot of people, I read it. it. It does not say that you can take documents with you. It says actually that they it are the property you, of the federal government. It says you talk, you negotiate, you make a deal. It's not criminal, by the it way. Does not, not, it's, it does the not Presidential Records Act is not criminal. I want to remind you from that interview of May. I know there's a lot going on. So I don't want to lose track of all of these things. But here, Donald Trump was saying that he can't think of showing these classified documents to other people. We now know through some other reporting that it appears that he clearly did show these classified documents to other people. Play this clip. When it comes to your documents, did you ever show those classified documents to anyone? Not really. I would have the right to. By the way, they were declassified not really? after. Not that I can think of. Let me just tell you. I have the absolute right to do whatever I want with them. And Donald Trump confessing at Mar-a-Lago this Friday night, by the way, this Friday night, that he still possesses very sensitive documents at Mar-a-Lago. Remember when Alina Haba, back in August of 2022, Donald Trump's lawyer, who's now being accused by a Trump golf staffer at Bedminster of grooming her, uh, in order to cover up sexual abuse. I did a whole nother story on that. Yeah, that Alina Haba back in 
uh, August of 2022, claimed actually the reason these documents may have been there is because the FBI planted it in Mar-a-Lago. That's the deranged conspiracy Alina Habba said back then. Play the clip. This is a joke. This is memento. And quite honestly, I'm concerned that they may have planted something. You know, at this point, who knows? I don't trust the government. And that's a very frightening thing as an American. If I didn't want to be an American and go to another, this is third world stuff. We've heard it. This is Cuba. This is this is not our country. And that was also floated by Christina Bob, Donald Trump's other lawyer, who also served as the custodian of records back in June of 2022, who signed a declaration stating that all of the documents were returned to the Department of Justice. They were not returned to the DOJ. Play the clip. This weird new tool is selling out this Christmas. <laughs> probably not what you're expecting. It twists and bends to fasten screws from any angle, making work faster by right. I don't think that there was actually anything there that's worthwhile. Uh, we'll see what they come up with. You know, if they did, it'll be interesting, especially since they precluded me from actually watching what they did. But, no. but at this point, I don't necessarily think that they would even go to the extent of trying to plant information. I think they just make stuff up and, you know, come up with whatever they want. And I, I, that's the way that they will have to proceed in order to actually try to indict the president, because they, they don't have anything. There, there's just nothing there. Oh, and here, remember when Christina Bob says that she did not speak to Donald Trump about what nuclear materials may or may not have been at Mar-a-Lago? Play the clip. Okay, so Christina, just so I'm clear about this, I want to be really clear. Is it your understanding that there were not documents related to our nuclear capabilities or nuclear issues that had national security implications in the president's possession when the agents showed up at Mar-a-Lago? That's correct. I, I don't believe they were, and if they thought well, they were, do you were, know for a fact? Do you know for a fact I, they were? I, have you spoken to the president about it? I, I have not specifically spoken to the president about what nuclear uh, uh, materials may or may not have been in there. I do not believe there were any in there. The legal team has done a very thorough search and had turned over. We've been very cooperative with uh, the Biden administration and the DOJ and turned over everything that we found that we had. So it's my understanding on very good belief based on a thorough investigation that there was nothing there. So there you have it, Donald Trump at Mar-a-Lago stating that they have sensitive documents still at Mar-a-Lago, and that is why he is not um, having large groups of people. I mean, what does he do? He's have, he has events there all the time. Um, we are aware that foreign nationals sent people to Mar-a-Lago. Um, spies have been able to basically easily get into Mar-a-Lago. Um, Mar-a-Lago is basically, you know, a pay-for-play. You, you pay this exorbitant fee that Donald Trump's now charging for access, and all of these documents um, before special counsel Jack Smith were just in the auditorium, in the bathrooms, just talking about some of the highest level sensitive documents of our country while there are parties going on and events going on and all of in all of these things and so you know two final observations here i mean number one donald trump's statement should raise a red alert with special counsel jack smith's team i mean are there still records there right now should another subpoena be issued right now that's number one um and then number two Donald Trump's trying to now, you, you could, he like reveals the ridiculous defenses that he's going to try to make. He's going to try to claim what? That they 
didn't have events at Mar-a-Lago and they kept the documents in secure places, which is totally belied by the underlying facts. So just want to show you right there. And I'd, I'd be interested to see if Special Counsel Jack Smith utilizes this moment to issue another subpoena as a result of Donald Trump's uh, statements. We will keep you posted. Of course, I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Hit subscribe. We're on our way to two million subscribers. Thanks to your support. Check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. Have a good one. At Midas Touch, we are unapologetically pro-democracy, and we demand justice and accountability. That's why we're spreading our message to Convict 45. That's right. Gear up right now with your Convict 45 tees and pins at store.midastouch.com. That's yeah. store.midastouch.com. Okay. Nobody deserves it better. My doctor told us about... Run to Satan, destroyed again after the disastrous mass shootings in American history, Parkland. 17 kids were gunned down, lives lost, 17 others, lives torn asunder. You had a, a young girl by the name of Jamie Gutenberg, whose father pleaded with you to do something about it. And you know what you did? You did the exact opposite. You made it easier for felons to get guns without background checks, without any training. These people pleaded with the parents and the families to get tough on gun safety. And again, you made it easier for felons. It's Ken Harbaugh with Against All Enemies on the Midas Touch Network. Ron DeSantis got absolutely destroyed in his debate with Gavin Newsom. Yay. In that clip we just saw, Newsom mentions Jamie Guttenberg, who was murdered in a school shooting in Florida. I just spoke with Jamie's father, Fred, who's become a good friend and a source of unending inspiration. Since his daughter's death, he has been a tireless advocate for gun reform and one of the most effective critics of Governor DeSantis and Donald Trump. Here's our conversation. Fred, we just played that clip of Gavin Newsom destroying Ron DeSantis on, on the yeah. issue of gun safety. Thank you so much for lighting up your governor Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis in that tweet. Here it is. What has he done since your daughter was murdered in Parkland uh, on Valentine's Day 2018? Listen, DeSantis rode to that office on the backs of the Parkland families. Um, he, during the first campaign, embraced our families, promised us that he would protect the work we did to pass gun safety in Florida after the shooting, and that he would not be a governor that makes the state more dangerous when it comes to gun violence. But he did. And as we all know, after he won re-election, um, he went ahead and signed, in the middle of the night, because he didn't want people to pay attention, um, permitless carry. And permitless carry is a very dangerous, deadly thing to do, um, it basically gives people the ability to walk around with weapons, whether or not they have a permit. Um, it allows those who maybe can't pass a background check, who won't go into a store to buy their gun, who have to go get it at a gun show or steal it or whatever, to be able to freely walk around with a weapon, convicted felons, convicted murderers, or no longer in prison, to freely walk around with guns, and the police can't do anything about it until that person 
commits a crime. That's insane. As a military, I, I, I think about, people always make the, the analogy to the military and the fact that you've got 18-year-old kids carrying uh, long rifles in, in the military. Mm -hmm. But the analogy would be if you let them in without a background check and just handed them a gun without any training. That essentially is what is happening in Florida. It takes... Well, it, it, so take the analogy further. Without any training and without any ongoing controls and supervision. Because the military, it's not this our streets. It's a very controlled environment. By the way, if I'm not mistaken in the military, when those guns are maybe in use for training, I suspect they're not just kind of left around anywhere. They are likely locked up afterwards. Um, so, so, no, our streets are not the military. There is a difference, but I guess my current governor um, doesn't want to acknowledge that. It is, it is even more controlled than, than you suggest, Fred, in the military. I remember on more than one occasion when a single weapon was misplaced or unaccounted for, the entire unit was recalled. The yeah. every every officer, every enlisted person was brought back. This happened when I was teaching at the Citadel once. The entire university basically was brought back to campus, uh, in part as as punishment and as a lesson for how important firearm accountability is, but also to find the damn thing. And the fact that they're just there are 400 million guns on our streets now, and we have no idea. Uh, who has them? Uh, we'll give them to anybody. They're they're being handed out like candy. Um, that I hope people stop making the comparison to the military. Well, and listen, and, and I, I I was really blown away when um, Governor Newsom brought up Jamie and 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 mentioned my tweet that he was right to do so. You know, the reality is, Governor DeSantis is pursuing a strategy um, that is not making Floridians safer. And, and you know, it, it's always safe to ask what somebody's motivation is when they do these things. Because when it comes to talking about guns and gun violence, you're a gun owner, but you stand with me on wanting to reduce gun violence. On one side of the motivation is we want to stop the next one. We want to stop the next act of gun violence. This isn't about gun owners versus non-gun owners. Then there's the other side. What is the motivation of a guy like DeSantis to do something that is knowingly going to cause more gun violence? And unfortunately, it is a purely political motivation. It is, it is going after a certain very specific voter that only will vote in a primary which, by the way, he won't win, okay? He could not even win re-election for governor in the state of Florida right now, okay? So, but that's his motivation. It is to try and lock down that primary voter, hoping that he still has a chance. He doesn't. I'm all for him. Get these stylish fleet pajamas for free on Kevin. They're available in extended sizes, ranging from large to triple extra large. I'm so glad you brought up the political motivation because looking at DeSantis's 
behavior and his policies through that lens, everything makes sense. You've even gone after him on his flip-flop on COVID restrictions. I don't want to go too yeah. deep into that, but it is like every time a poll comes out that, that shows him to the left of Trump on an issue, he reassesses, even if Floridians literally die as a result. In the first year of COVID, and I know this to be fact, because one of my closest friends was at the time running the Department of Emergency Management in Florida. He's now a U.S. congressman. Um, and he was in charge of the COVID response in Florida. Florida led the nation. He did what he had to do. My friend who, read, who led this department, we led the nation. We, we, we had the lockdowns. We had everything in place to ensure that people would, you know, in lower numbers, because PPU that was still very contagious, end up in hospitals or in cemeteries. Florida was out first getting needles in arms. You know, they had a great plan in place until, until DeSantis decided it was time to change gears because he decided he was going to run for president and run for this case. And people died as a result. And no Floridian should ever, ever let him off the hook on that. Any of us who live here, we all watched it happen. We all know it happened. And nobody should let him off the hook. There was a time when Governor Santos gave you hope as a leader. You met him. You knew him, especially in the immediate aftermath of Parkland. How do you yeah. understand the the complete 180 he seems to Listen, he, he did more than give me hope. He blew me away this first year because he governed like a normal guy. He governed like a moderate. I didn't approve of everything he did, but I approved of a lot of things he did. He governed like somebody in a purple state. Um, but the pivot, I'll never forgive. And... I, I can't, listen, the only thing that makes sense of the pivot and why he changed his approach, why did he became so hurtful to so many, uh, is he made a decision after that first year to run for president, and he knew he needed to win in a Republican primary that was now dominated by Trump voters. And... Um, you know, unfortunately, it's been devastating for our state because while he has pursued this red meat-based strategy, he's neglected parts of this state that actually matter to those of us who live here. The homeowner's insurance crisis, it happened on his watch. No, never, ever, ever, ever forget a couple of years ago when... There was a special session call to deal with it, to deal with the homeowners insurance crisis before it exploded in everybody's face. They chose to ignore it. Once everybody came into Tallahassee and he instead pursued don't say gay and he started his fight with Disney. That was the week, that was the special session that was supposed to be about homeowners insurance and they didn't do it. And it all blew up. And this is now a state that people can't get insurance in that you have all these people who own homes that are at risk of storms or other things that may well
when their homes are destroyed, they don't have insurance. You watch our state go outside the norm of other states when it comes to the rising cost of living here. I mean, rental costs in Florida are now like New York City. It's crazy. And it's all on DeSantis' watch. And for what? He's behind, I think, by 40 points in his own state. He's going to finish third at best in the in the opening caucus and primary states. He has humiliated himself at the... His political career is over. Yeah. It's over. I mean, he's done. You know, you know, he's term-limited out as governor. If he had to run again, he would lose. Um, what he's also done is make Florida, which looked lost to Democrats, not look so lost anymore. Yeah, hopefully Nikki can can turn it around there. The the irony to me is that he followed in Trump's wake. He is such a, a sycophant when it comes to Trump policies, but trying to set himself apart. And I think what he and his strategists didn't appreciate was that you can't compete with a cult leader for the cult leader's followers. That's what he tried is to that, do. Especially if you're going after the cult leader for votes, but you're not willing to go after the cult leader. Okay? Um, and he's not. Listen, ever since, never forget his very first commercial, the first campaign with his family, acting like uh, with those building blocks, building Trump's wall. Okay? He's always been that weird guy, whether he's putting on his big boy boots or something else. He's always been that weird guy. And, I, and, and Newsom, you know, referenced my tweet last night, but I think those three words sum him up. He is weird, small, and weak. Okay, that's who he is. You can add in pathetic, but that's who he is. Um, and Floridians now know it. Thanks for listening, everyone. I've got a quick break here, but I need a favor first. Shows like this depend on your support. Please, if you can spare five seconds, click the link to the podcast version of the show below and leave us a five-star review. It really does help. Thanks. Senior citizens who have not yet registered for their $3,197 <coughs> food allowance only have... ...version of the show below and leave us a... But same boxes that DeSantis does. He and I think Ohio on gun sick. I think we both agree DeSantis is done. But the yeah. issue that Governor Newsom highlighted that you amplified around gun safety and Republican governors total abdication of of uh, any kind of moral response. I live in Ohio. Mike DeWine, yeah. after the Dayton massacre, said he would do something. He did the same thing Governor DeSantis yeah. did. Permitless carry is now a thing here. It makes everyone less safe. But this issue is going to carry into the 2024 election, even if DeSantis is left in the dust. And I think Trump, as the torchbearer for the Republican Party, checks all the same boxes that DeSantis does. He seemed to be sympathetic after the murder of your daughter. He met with survivors, if I'm not mistaken, though he had to have a cue card that said, I hear you on it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. How how do you think this is going to play out with, with Trump 
really setting the tone for the Republican Party. Well, you listen, you mentioned you live in Ohio. Ohio at the moment gives me hope. Okay. I think in your last election, you saw real voters who have sat out far too many elections saying, we're done sitting out elections and showing up and voting. And a very unexpected result happened in the last Ohio election. And I, I will tell you that while the idea of the woman's right to choose was seen as the, the motivation for all of that, I think it was bigger than that. I think it was the whole notion of free. I think people came out and are voting for freedom. Freedom to choose, freedom from gun violence, freedom to vote, freedom to say we want democracy to survive. I think Ohio was about a lot more than just choice. And to answer your question about what I think is going to happen, because it's inevitable, if this is going to be a Trump-Biden campaign, and, you know, people on either side may say, oh, I can't believe we're going to have to go through the same campaign again. We are. It is what it is. And it's really simple. At the end of this campaign, the closing arguments, while I am a believer that Joe Biden has a, a, an incredible record that justifies his re-election and justifies him having the right to run for re-election and that I am certain will help play a role if, when he crushes Trump in re-election. I think the closing argument is simple. This country can survive four more years with Biden. It can't survive four more years with Trump. I think that's right. And I think the Republican Party, writ large, has actually come to terms with that and decided that democracy, the, the sacrifice of democracy, is worth the pursuit of power, which is absolutely mind-boggling to me. And vis-a-vis -vis Ohio, you're right, Ohioans came out in droves to send a message loud and clear to the Republican legislature that they wanted to protect democracy, they wanted to protect their freedoms, and you know what the Republican-dominated legislature has decided to do? Ignore them. It is pulling out every trick in the book to make sure it controls the implementation of that that ballot measure. And I hope I hope we can stay as angry as we were a few months ago going into we will. the Listen, I, I'm very connected to many of the Republicans some of whom even served at some point in the Trump administration, or many of whom were Republicans who I might have argued with in another day, but who have left the party, who want a functional Republican Party, who agree with me that democracy requires a functional two-party system. But they believe, and I'm with them, the only way to go back to a functional two-party system is to annihilate this version of the Republican Party in the 24 election. And I think that's going to happen. And so to those who, for example, in the Ohio legislature, who are choosing to continue to ignore what voters clearly said, you'll be fired. That's it. You will get fired. Well, let's end on that note, Fred. Thank you so much for the, uh, the conversation on very short notice. Uh, really appreciate everything you're doing.
Thank you, Ken. Take care. We're giving away free Donald Trump <laughs> gold bars. We're giving away Folks, free Donald Trump gold bars. Special Black Friday sale. We're giving away these beautiful Donald Trump bars. To anyone who wants one, all you have to pay is the shipping. Sleepy Joe and his followers are going to hate us for this. Free Trump gold. What is a scam? Stairs. Whatever he does, it's a fucking scam. Okay.